What's up, guys? We're back with another week of podcasting. We're not doing an intro this week because we're trying something new. I guess you can consider this the intro. Yeah, I mean, a lot of podcasts don't have like a just a formal intro every time, and we thought maybe make it a little a little bit less formal. Um, you know, welcome to the Unstoppable Force podcast. I am one of the two lovely hosts here. Name is Guy, <laughs> and my compadre here. I'm Rob. Um, if you've been listening to any of these episodes, you probably already knew that, but no one listens to anything. So yeah, um, we're really dying for views, honestly, guys. Get your friends, please, please. But today, uh, we're gonna be talking about like loot boxes. I guess we kind of agreed. Yeah, uh, microtransactions and gaming. Right, because there was there was some news, general news in mm-hmm. multiple different areas related to um everything that's been happening with with loot boxes mm-hmm. and especially the um related to laws yeah specifically around loot boxes um but yeah i mean they're passing laws now they're at least the the mm-hmm. gov- like the u.s government like it's already been happening in well, europe right but... I, I know there's um there's definitely hearings at least in europe and in the u.s there's some senators that were pushing uh for like uh investigation into like the federal tr- Bay commission maybe because that's to do with gambling uh to push an investigation on on microtransactions and loot boxes and they actually uh specify um pay to win in these games to look into those so basically things that are more gambling or really incentivize a lot more of the payment which i kind of don't actually agree with the Pay to win. Yeah, I don't. Because it it's not gambling in the no. same sense as loot boxes are. I mean, if I buy more Yu-Gi-Oh cards than you, I'm going to be better. Yeah, I'm going to get Exodia or whatever. Right, yeah. Like, if I have all these crazy rare mm-hmm. cards and, like, really good cards that... I mean, we got back into mm-hmm. into Yu-Gi-Oh in our senior year of high school, right. like, our whole friend group. And everyone was spending, like, real money on cards. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, you, you, you make a deck online using like one of the like uh free i guess like app mm-hmm. or like uh websites where you could play yeah. with your friends and make decks and then once you've like perfected it you would like go to those individual card stores mm-hmm. online and buy them and some of these cards are like 80 dollars yeah like really expensive yeah um and that's just the price, you know? Yeah. It's like, if I want to play Hearthstone, I can't just go play Hearthstone. Mm. It's like, yeah, sure, you can go play it, but it, you're not going to be able to be a challenger level. Mm. You know, if, if somebody who is a professional Hearthstone player made a new account, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to easily become that same right. level. Well, those, that's still kind of random, right? If you get packs. It's like it is, random packs. I mean, I feel like... In 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 the fact that it is at an actual like online game, um, the packs are sort of loot boxes, but I definitely don't feel as strongly about it when it's more uh, like you get a physical object. I, yeah. I personally actually have barely spent any money on Hearthstone, and I cannot imagine the amount of money you have to spend on that game yeah. to stay relevant. Right. So I guess the, so I would classify that more as loot box than pay to win i feel like pay to win is like if you can pay to progress like like pay for like double xp and call of duty so you can get to the ak-47 mm-hmm. before everybody else like that kind of is pay to win i mean it's kind of is crazy though when you think about it how how card games like Yu-Gi-Oh, pokemon magic the gathering um and then even like i remember i remember those there was that game where you would have like those little figures and you had to put your finger on the top of them and you would like launch them at the other person's figures and knock them over. Oh yeah. Like and those are all marketed towards kids and and they're like these collectible things where you're buying like some sort of case that yeah. you didn't know what was going to be in it. Yeah. Oh my god, do you those, remember like, those pop chips? You know those things? Which ones? Where like you get a stack of chips mm-hmm. and like you throw it down as hard as you can and whatever ones flip over like then you get you get those chips. That was like, another thing that, that was in the vending in like those little machines. Yeah. But Dude, do you remember the Star Wars? Remember that craze for those like Star Wars figures that were in those like triangular boxes, and they'd be all the different characters, and you would actually like play like chess, like almost like a game of it's not chess, but you would move them around, 
and then they they would they could like turn and like hit stuff, and you could even buy like ATAT walkers and like um, a physical game. Yeah, yeah, it was like physical. I, I wish I still had. I I don't maybe I do. That was so much fun though. I forget what that was called. I remember like Target was was filled to the brim with them uh-huh. because people just were buying them like crazy. Definitely one of like my my most fun things actually getting. But I think loot boxes they're not terrible. It's just that when they're, it's like, you know, if you're if you're buying cards, you go to the store and you're buying a specific pack because you're looking yeah. for a card that's in that pack. Yeah. You're only gonna have like 20 packs. You can't yeah. buy more than that. You know, you can't like there's all these limitations mm-hmm. on you in the real world when you're buying physical objects and there's scarcity and there's resale mm-hmm. value. You know, mm-hmm. and there's there becomes these like sub economies of these collectors items that are sold and traded between players who collect them. And like, that's great. But then these video games like Hearthstone, and I think the big difference is that I can't trade a card with you. Right. Or or sell it. I can't resell a card that I got. You know, if I get an extra legendary, I turn it into dust Mm -hmm. and I can get like another, like another card, but it's, it, there's still, a like there's there's no physical objects you get there's no economy there's no like any of that stuff that comes with real life and there's also no scarcity you can right. you can buy ten thousand packs yeah and sit there and open them for like two days straight if yeah. you wanted to yeah and never get the one card and 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 there's also like a theoretical chance that you won't get that one card mm. and it's also like what i said earlier with card games once there's a physical mm. copy out there i can just buy it individually right yeah you can find it somehow so i think that it would help and i don't know if, like how that market would go because you obviously the, the the developers and all these they want to keep people buying the loot boxes they don't want someone to buy it and then put it on a market like you know steam has like the collectible cards you can put them on right. the market they're always like you get like three cents or some crap mm-hmm. like that like if you were able to do that in these games it would be like at least for like Hearthstone, where it's like a, an actual card that would make sense, then I think that would bring like a lot of um, like it, it would make it better at least you know with like for gamers mm-hmm. in a sense, especially on those card game stuff. But I don't know about like if it's skins like Overwatch, like are you gonna really put the skin up for like money? Like it would like that mechanic be a thing? I think that there's games that have tried to create sub-economies. Doesn't like, um, CSGO? Yeah, CSGO did, mm-hmm. and they still do. They have a market. They still have the Steam market, but that's kind of where I was going to go. Uh, actually, the first place I was going to go was Diablo um, 3. Okay. Because they had the auction house. Yeah. Where we, if you got like loot in-game, you can go into this like auction house and resell it for in-game money. Currency. Yeah, and... There ended up becoming like so many almost I don't want to say like scandals or like things, but like manipulations and bugs and it's also it's a program. Yeah. You know, like programs have so many exploits to them and glitches to them. In real life, if I hand you uh, you know, a legendary bow that can shoot like six shots, like I'm handing it to you. Yeah. And you're getting it. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, well, I'm handing it to you, it's gonna duplicate. You know, it, it there's just a lot more of a slippery kind of slope, I think, when it's in a game. And it's also like transactions are so quick. So it's not like I have to drive to somebody's house and yeah. give it to them or I don't have to have a tag sale okay. in order to sell them or okay. you know, meet up with somebody. Okay. Um, I can just immediately sell it to anybody who it's almost like stocks where it's like you can sell it to anybody in the world that wants to buy it at that price and it's instantly theirs and you instantly get the money. Okay. So what's the problem with that? So it, that's like, for example, I mean in stocks, right? There's a reason why hedge funds exist. Hedge funds are just places where people take all of their, like, like millionaires and huge companies will give money to these hedge funds to then, use like ultra specific data science programming software that will trade stuff at one tenth of a second to get like one cent off of a trade but it's like you're buying like 
10,000 of a stock mm-hmm. and then reselling it at one cent more. And it's like, oh, well, we just made a thousand dollars, you know, mm-hmm. even though it only changed a cent. So when you can do things instantly, like the quicker you can do them, the more easily you can manipulate the markets or like take advantage of the tiniest changes in markets. Yeah. And that's why hedge funds like they don't they don't just disappear because they got unlucky. They can't get unlucky. Yeah. They've spent billions of dollars making sure there's no way to get unlucky. Okay. And that's where the same thing that these like I think people in in a game like Diablo 3 were going are going to do. They're going to manipulate and optimize the markets based on the exploits that are left in it that can't be patched. And it's like, at least with like the stock market, you know, there's, there, there are running other parts of the economy through, you know, the hedge funds natural, um, I guess like process of trying to make as much money. It's probably a little harmful, but it's also probably not a little harmful and in, in each of its own ways. Um, so I don't know what that means exactly. Maybe it's just that, you know, obviously there's a lot more money going into making sure the stock market is fair. Um, so when you play the game, right, you've played the game. And you mm-hmm. following the same rules as everyone else, so it's yeah. fair. But I think in a lot of these games, they're just like it's a lot of manipulation. Right. I guess you could kind of set some sort of the game developers can create a regulation inside of it mm-hmm. to be to make sure like it like holds like certain value or something. I mean, I guess obviously there's like demand and such, but maybe like you can't you have to hold on to it for a certain amount of time, or like it was sold or like it's like a single sell like maybe you can only sell it once you know and then once you buy it then the item can't be sold again um, i guess do you mean like you can't sell that item twice or like, like does that mean you like can you can sell it once you sell it and then the person that gets it okay i get what you're saying so that they can't hold the well that's not i feel like that's not i mean i think that that, that would deter like multiple buying of the same item to resell them well, I think like Steam is probably um, Steam and CS:GO are probably yeah. like the best example of what it would look like if a real like collection sub like economic you know system yeah. of of items and and collectibles uh, that that's like the most realistic de- depiction of it in gaming. Yeah, because there was uh, skins that are worth five cents. And then there's skins that are worth like two dollars, mm. five dollars, ten dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, mm. almost like currency. Yeah. And then once you had them, they would like fluctuate in value based on their rarity and then their age mm. and stuff like that. Um But then there was all this gambling that came out of it. And then you could also um go to certain sites where you could actually exchange them for real money. Hmm. by essentially like selling them i guess like to the site and then the site would then sell them i forget what it what it was exactly um but you were able to to exchange it for real money um and then that becomes almost like like you're either are you are these like stocks now is that how the system almost works is it more like um like collectibles are they like casino tokens because then you you everyone was using them for lotteries uh games there was um like you could bet on professional games and who you thought was going to win yeah. and and then and ultimately like they were used as as casino tokens basically yeah. um i don't know i mean it just i think that because it's unregulated compared to the to the stock market it's being regulated by a small company that has its own monetary interests mm-hmm. at the forefront of their decision making yeah um they're fine with and uh, it being horrible and manipulative and exploitive if it means that they're making more money off of it right which is why uh we saw valve do nothing <laughs> about all of the gambling that mm-hmm. they knew for a fact was happening yeah for years and it was like not only until the the government was like hey you can't do this anymore it's illegal and they're like okay fine we didn't mean to you know mm. like oh we were just letting it do the people do things we didn't even notice mm. trying to push off the 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 blame on them because you know when i was playing csgo yeah the idea of spending money to get casino tokens to then use to gamble on professional games is the whole reason i actually spent money on csgo like yeah, yeah. 
literally was the entire reason was to gamble mm-hmm. on professional games. So I use them as casino yeah. tokens. Yeah. And it's like a random, it's like, it's not even like I spend $10 and I get $10 of casino tokens. It's I spend $10 and I could get anywhere between 10 cents <laughs> and $1,000 of casino tokens. If I get like two knives miraculously out of those boxes mm-hmm. or something. And that's insane. Gotcha. I think that's why these systems like immediately start to fall apart because they're digital. They're quick. Mm. Transactions happen really quickly. Trades happen really quickly. And it's unregulated. And the only person regulating it is a person who's has only like, like their interest is mm. in making it not work. Or like as long as it makes out. them money. Yeah. Like they don't care if it hurts people, if it mm. makes them money. So they can't really regulate it themselves, you know. Mm. Like you probably can make an argument that the government and the way that they regulate the stock market probably is in the benefit of the rich. Yeah, you could. So I mean, I mean, I, I've still made a lot of money off the stock market, and I'm not rich. You just have to make smart decisions. So it's like hedge funds make billions of dollars, but so can the little guy if he's smart and picks the right stock. Right, and then a so, bunch of little guys becomes a hedge fund. Right. Exactly. So it it works because there's no disadvantage to specific groups based mm. off of of the system and how it works. Yeah. The only people who lose money on stocks are people who make poor decisions and you know invest in a company that they thought would do well and didn't. Unless of course it's like insider trading or you know somebody like a CEO selling a bunch of its shares before like the company goes bankrupt or something. Yeah. Yeah, like that stuff. But then they all go to jail for that. And mm. Or if they don't, it's because they just barely slid by. But people probably don't respect them very much anymore or think of them as good people. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, I think that's like the issue is that there's really no regulation other than the company that made the game. Mm. And that's where the issue comes in. So it's like, I guess you could say that the government could regulate it instead of banning it. Well, overall, like the gambling, like the loot boxes. Well, how the loot boxes are allowed to work. Mm-hmm. Well, like if we're gonna consider gambling, like uh, like one way I would do is just basically make sure that there's, uh, like a warning or notice, or like maybe you make it like M, so only like if you're 18 you can buy it, unless you have a parent or like parental, mm-hmm. like, like, whatever acceptance on whatever you call it, because like. That's kind of the main problem with this is that it's like, oh, we're like making games for kids that there's gambling aspects in it. They're losing money. And then when they tell their mom, oh, can I have like 10 bucks? And then they can do it all over again. And then they start whining mm-hmm. and the parents give in because, you know, it's their kid. They don't want them to cry or whatever. And honestly, I, I feel so bad for kids of this generation, too, because it's like when we grew up. Even like when I was mentioning the Star Wars stuff or the Yu-Gi-Oh cards mm. or like any of these cool collectible things that you buy in packs, like we still have them. Yeah. Right. You know? Yes. This they're, stuff when the game preserved. dies. Yeah. When the game dies, that's it. Like right. you can't trade them in or sell them to somebody that has like nostalgia boner or anything. Then mm-hmm. the company's not going to give you your money back or none of that stuff. Yeah, I would mean, imagine Frost. the government being like, or sorry, a company being like, "Hey guys, we're closing down the servers. We just thought we would give all the money we earned off of microtransactions back because everything you've ever yeah. spent money on is going to disappear tomorrow." Like, the closest thing they can do is like send you physical copies of the cards actually... or something like that, or like like digital mm-hmm. printouts or some shit like that. I remember those. talking with Mike about this and uh, Mike's one of my friends online and we talk about things like like microtransactions and loot boxes all the time. Yeah. And I've always hated the fact that Hearthstone you, the second you get bored of the game or the game which it is right now is dying and less and less and less and less people play, the money that you invested is gone versus something like Yu-Gi-Oh. I remember actually saying like that they should have from the get-go had like a like a tiered thing where like for every you know like at ten dollars if you spend ten dollars you know we'll send you this yeah or like you know at fifty dollars of spent money then you go to tier two and we'll send you another gift or a reward and then like you get physical things as you spend more money on the game as like a reward for helping the game and mm-hmm. and you know to give you something that I mean, like, think about it. If you got a figure for yeah. spending five hundred dollars on Hearthstone, mm. how much would that figure be worth? 
probably five hundred dollars, or at least like a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. Right, because it means that only person who spent five hundred dollars will get it, mm-hmm. and then collectors, because there's like also people who buy stuff just to collect it to then yeah. save it and sell it later. They're not going to really buy those things because they're not going to see them as a collectible. They're just going to see them as a reward. Yeah. So it's like only the people that genuinely wanted to spend that much money would probably have these things. And then if anything, they may actually get those groups of people to be like, oh, wow, this could be worth a ton of money right. if I yeah, buy it Yeah, it might incentivize more people to actually go for the higher – So they could make money, money off of it while also making everyone happier. Yeah. I would just be fine with like giving copies – of like car- the actual cards, like if you bought the pack, mm-hmm. like even you get a certain amount, like you bought a certain amount. Now you get yeah. the cards that you bought, like then well, that you could get be like, like one copy. of the rewards. Yeah. So it's like if you spend a hundred dollars in the game, mm-hmm. we'll give you real version cards mm-hmm. of the of like you know uh, a Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. Like we'll we'll make yeah. packs and yeah. we'll give out you know ten packs to you or something or I, like. I I wonder if their reach would be greater or if less people would play it if they get they had like physical cards well they wouldn't give you like enough physical cards mm. to replace the game. tcg i mean the why do i say, say tcg um because it's just trading card game it's mm. a non-line card game but i guess no one really calls it like an o cg no. i guess yeah i guess an ocg good um but like ocgs they like they would give you maybe a deck yeah. Or like a like, couple decks. Like, like remember in Yu-Gi-Oh you could buy those starting decks? Yeah. And it's like it's a good enough deck to play with mm-hmm. and it's kind of a novelty if you bought yeah. like you buy, you know, the Dark World one and then your friend buys the mermaid yeah. or mermail one or whatever and then you guys can play each other with the out of the back I'm out just, of the box decks. I guess what I'm saying is uh, just as like a business move would they do better and get more of the people that are playing like magic and stuff if they just went physical? In addition to being digital, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, there's people that are like, "Oh, it's a computer game, or I need a computer, or even on your phone, sure." But like, there's like a the concept of playing a card game that's not like an actual card game is like a turn off to a lot of actual like card. I think it's game convenience players. is is the pull of an mm. of an online card game. Yeah, absolutely. Right, like I don't have to find a friend to play it. Mm-hmm. I can just search through matchmaking and things like that. True. Um, but then there's also like Yu-Gi-Oh. I can play online anytime I want, and I, there's like a ton of apps you can download online to play with people with all the cards unlocked and stuff. Um, but it's like if you play those, you know that you're getting everything for free and you don't really have it, and it's like you don't feel as as the reward True. of actually owning it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if it's like existing on both ends, I think Magic is trying to do that actually. With like, they came out with an online game with like most of the cards in it. Okay. But a lot of the time, like Yu Gi Oh had like all of its video games. They would always make it definitely not all the cards that exist in real life. Um, probably mostly because of technical limitations, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because they don't want it to be the same experience as like a normal game or as yeah. like the, the real game. So it's like, as long as the experience is different, yeah. I think it's worth doing, mm-hmm. but if the experience is the same, then you're actually cutting into your own market Yeah. and you're doing nothing okay. actually. But I think it would be so cool. And I probably would have spent a hundred dollars on Hearthstone mm-hmm. if like at a hundred dollars, they were like, okay, you, you know, you've spent a lot of money in this game. You really supported us pick one of five deck types mm. or like pick one of the um sorry like all of the different characters pick your favorite one mm. and we'll send you a in real life physical deck of yeah. 40 cards or whatever like the or 20 cards because it's 20 cards decks in hearthstone right uh am i crazy I so. no maybe not uh well who cares i haven't played forever um so like you could get one of them and then like not change it out or like yeah whatever like it's just a it's a deck yeah yeah and you can maybe like do it with your friends and it's novelty but then it's like and then it's a collector's item and it's just cool like oh I've got a physical Hearthstone deck so can you do that with let's say Overwatch like um because those are all skins or well, you emotes. can it doesn't have to be the thing that you bought. It could be like at a hundred dollars, pick your favorite character and we'll send you a figure of them. Mm. Like a, okay. like an action yeah. figure yeah. Like on the stand or something and like, make it like tears. So at like $500 or a thousand dollars, like we'll give you things. 
things mm. because ultimately, even if you like, I've spent, and honestly, I, I regret it, but at the same time, I still play league all the time. So I'm not upset about it, but I've probably spent like about 1500 to $2,000 in my lifetime on league yeah. over the course of like nine years. Mm-hmm. This kind of reminds me of uh, like if you as a kid going to like an arcade and playing games and buying more games, getting more tickets, and eventually you spend <laughs> basically enough to get like that reward. Kind of that's kind of what that reminds me of. Kind of, in, yeah. Like in that situation, because you're like you're like definitely for a fact if you spend X amount of money, you're gonna get that thing. Yeah. So that's what it would turn into versus. If you spend like, that much money, you're not necessarily going to get the in-game stuff. I think that's actually, if you think about it in that way, it's like if, if something's random, but then on top of the random, you have permanence. Right. Right? So it's like uh, if, for example, in CSGO, you open up loot boxes, but if you don't get a knife in you know, 50 loot boxes of opening, we'll give you a free knife. Mm. Well, like it'll increase or like the, the chances of getting a knife will go up mm. for every loot box that you don't get a knife in. Yeah. So it's like, at least there's a chance that I'll get a knife eventually. Right. Versus, oh, this person mm. opened up 10 boxes and got two knives. Right. And then this other person opened up a thousand boxes and never once got a knife. Because if it's just pure randomization, there is a chance. So let's say mm. it's a... 1% chance to get a knife, that means mm. in 100 boxes, you should get it. Right. But that doesn't guarantee well, it. could get it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the chances of not getting it in 1,000 boxes would be, mm. I mean, you can do, probably do the math on that, but it would, it would, it would be, I guess if you, if you did it, I'm trying is to, it, I'm, I'm trying to actually 1%? do the math. If there's 1% chance that you'll get a knife in a loot box, in a CSGO mm. loot box. Yeah. And you buy a thousand boxes yeah, and don't get a knife. What is the percent chance of that happening? Oh, no, don't do that math. <laughs> okay, that seems like a lot of work right now. Um, you gotta pull out like, the well, pen so, and paper. So doing it with like an increased percentage kind of comes back to like making them like there's a certain amount of them in the pool, so that like if there's like whatever, a thousand items, right? You pull one out, now there's 999. So then the chance of getting one of those other items is higher. Right, like that item is higher. Well, I was thinking of it more like, um, like, oh, Siege. Okay. Know how in Siege, you have that pack, and after every game, mm-hmm. you like, it'll give you percent increase. Yeah, yeah. And then like, every game you don't get a pack, It'll go up yeah. and up and up and up until the percentage is high enough, and then you get the pack, and then it goes back down to zero. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Okay. So it's like theoretically in Siege's system, I could have a ninety-nine percent chance of getting a pack and still not get a pack. Yeah, that's what percent is. Yeah. Right. So like, I mean, if, if it was only five percent or ten percent or whatever, like, you can't assume. That if it's a 10% chance that you'll get it after buying or getting 10 games or whatever. Yeah. Like if you play 10 games, you'll get a, 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 a pack. Because there is a deviation, a standard deviation. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have like 10 people do it, only a few of them are going to actually get it on in, within 10 yeah. packs. Yeah. And then there'll be the, a certain number of people that get it within one pack, two or mm. two games, one game, two games, three games, and then possibly yeah. 15, 16, yeah. 17, 18 games. Um. And if there's even a the ability to potentially not get any knife in a thousand boxes, that seems unfair. Mm. And I think that's where the problem with loot boxes lie, is that there will be, like, if I were to, to buy loot boxes and I got a knife in CSGO, I'd probably just be done. Yeah, you know, you got it's like, one and you got it, right? Right. And... If I don't get it, I'll buy another. And then I don't get it, I'll get another. And I keep getting them. And, and the more crappy stuff I get, the more I want to buy. Because I think to myself, oh, well, what are the chances that the mm. next one won't have it? Mm-hmm. I've already opened up 50 boxes. Yeah. And I'm playing that numbers game of yeah. like, oh, well, one in 100 boxes should have a knife in it. So if I keep buying them, eventually I'll get the knife. And if I get the knife, it'll make up for all the money I've now spent. Mm. Do you think? Uh, Overwatch kind of fixed their system because uh, it used to be like duplicates. 
Mm-hmm. They would you would get duplicates and then I think you get like money coin, from them, right? Yeah. So now they they've gotten rid of it as at least a year. But basically that means the actual percent that you get like increase increases because the the pool would be lessens each time of like oh you get this uh, emote now you, you're not gonna get that emote and then mm-hmm. every time you get more and more items you get a higher chance of getting the other stuff on top of that if you get coin and from playing you can unlock these things yeah I... so like you don't need to pay for loot box so I think right if you have the ability to play to get coin to unlock loot boxes mm-hmm. or or like you're paying, you're playing, and you get a loot box from playing, but also you can buy loot box. I think that is severely. And like, you also reduced. get a loot box every time you level up. Yeah. Well, I guess they they made it so that it's not every time anymore, and I think it's like after a certain amount. You it's, don't, I think it's, it's still every, every time. time. Or is it just it's that like every, it gets I think really? It's, it's every time. Okay, no, I think what I'm thinking of is that that it used to be that you wouldn't have to need as like every every time you reset. Mm. You would be able to climb up levels oh. faster and stuff. Oh. Um, no, it's Apex that I was thinking of okay. that doesn't give you boxes after a certain level. Hmm. Um, and they also give you for winning if you play arcade three times. If you play, right. if you win three times in arcade and then up to three times. Three so, like in you Overwatch, get... you cannot, you can choose not to spend any money on hmm. that game. And professional players who've never spent a cent on the game probably still have almost every single skin, right. because. They're just going to be like level three thousand, four thousand, five thousand. I mean, my friend was Grandmaster in Overwatch, and he was like level three. Or is it three hundred? Am I thinking maybe that or three thousand or whatever? It doesn't matter. The point is, is that he had every skin he ever wanted, and he had like another fifty thousand in gold, and he never spent a single cent on the game. Yeah. Because the game gave you so many ways to not have to spend money on right. loot boxes. So. You- but I have no problem with Overwatch's loot box system. And right. I don't think anybody ever did. No. And it's like the bad actors that make us, like, just hate them so much. Right. So that, like... Call of Duty is the fucking worst. Right. Like, the king of terrible monetization. I know you were saying, uh, we God. were talking earlier about, um like, there's duplicates, and then if you spend enough, then there's no duplicates. Yeah, so then... they have, like, different box types. Yeah. Where, like... If you spend enough money on their regular box that has duplicates in it, then like you can get a certain type of box that won't have a duplicate in it. Oh, so it's like reducing the percent chance, like you said. After you buy so many, then it reduces and it increases your chance of uh, getting. Yeah, I guess it's like if you have a non-duplicate box, then essentially you have a higher chance of getting something you don't have. Right. So every time you get something, you can't get it again, and that that does actually work. I I mean, the only problem with non-duplicate systems, and the reason why companies like Call of Duty refuse to use them, is that that's like there's a cap, right? Mm. So they want to make money off of the whales. People who are going to shell out ten thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, I believe it. The the statistics, um, if I remember for for mobile games, was like only about nine percent of people who play a free to play game will actually spend money on it, which is a really small amount of people. Yeah. But the thing is, is that there's like the type of person who's going to spend a little bit, you know, maybe get a couple items, but most of the money that these companies make off these monetization systems come from the very few people that. either are bankrupting themselves Mm. or are just wealthy enough Mm -hmm. to spend five to ten thousand dollars on a single like um you know candy crush game yeah buying like lives and 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 power-ups and stuff um they're not really going for like the mainstream person they're they're trying to cater to that one person and if there's duplicates then you can find somebody to spend $10,000 in a game, but if there's not duplicates, then there's actually a cap. Once you've spent a certain amount of money, mm-hmm. you will own everything in the game. Right, unless they expand it quick enough or have enough things. Because, like, Overwatch, I don't know, I come back to Overwatch, but they'll keep coming out with more skins and, and emotes or whatever, or a new character that has all of that stuff that they can be unlocked. Yeah. So, like... If they, if Overwatch actually came out with more characters and more things, then they would, like, you would almost need to buy loot boxes because 
of how many items that they would have in there. But since there's like such a like a low enough that you can reach that point before the next like character comes out, yeah, you're like, fine. Like my friend did, who yeah. at that point he had owned every skin he wanted, didn't mm-hmm. really care anymore, and just got duplicates, sold, you know, did yeah. whatever, and just saved up money because right. there's nothing he wanted. So like if like Candy Crush, when we see the thing is Candy Crush has, I don't know if they have like a set amount of levels, whatever, to buy to get lives, but like Call of Duty. They don't make many more skins ever. They get, here's like no, a DLC it's... with some whatever bullshit, but yeah. like, they, yeah, they they have a cap way more so mm-hmm. than the the games that went more games as a service that comes out with new characters with new skins like Apex every time they come out with a new character, or and then there's new skins and banners and yada yada. Honestly though, like Call of Duty takes it to the next level though, even further, and puts pay to win shit. Uh, in their in the insanely difficult to get boxes like because of the duplicates oh oh and, and this is the even more fucked up thing about the way that call of duty's boxes work mm. too is that every um so so every gun in the game has its own skins right yeah and if you get a skin you don't just get the skin you get the skin for that gun yeah right but if it, if you know there's like a tiger skin, yeah. right? The the just general tiger skin that a mm. ton of these like shooters have. Yeah. If you got it on the M16, yeah. you don't have that same skin that's on all the other guns in the game on any of those other guns. So doesn't Siege do that? Um, Siege sort of does that. No, actually it doesn't. Each time, yeah, if you get for well, UMP, there's so certain... you get it for that gun. So any operator that has that gun can use that skin on that gun, but then if it's a no other gun can have that skin. So I think that there the the difference I know, like, with Siege is that there are universal skins that you can buy. Yes. So there is an option to buy universal skins. Um then there's also skins to specific guns. Yes. But those guns are, like you said, on multiple different characters, so you mm-hmm. still get to use them not just on one character. So there's more choice. Yeah. Um, and also that game gives you like pretty like a ton of free uh, uh, free yeah. free skins. I got a bunch of free skins from like a bunch of different, different things events and stuff. Um, and then there's also the fact that you can buy every skin in that like game basically, except for a few with in-game currency that you earn it takes so from long. playing. It does, but if you're like a diamond level player playing games like you know, if I played League as much as I or if I played Siege as much as I played League, then I wouldn't have had to spend as much money as I did. Yeah. Um, so it, it, I think it's, it's about giving another option, you know, it, it, it's, it's like, sure, you can have the loot boxes, but you have to give some other way for us to have knowledge of what we're buying or what we're mm. getting ourselves into. Like Overwatch does have the option to use the gold that you've earned by getting duplicates to buy skins that you'd like. Yeah. Instead of being subjected to randomness Mm -hmm. but if you're only subjected to randomness that's when it's exploitive Mm. and kind of destructive right and like in the case of call of duty they designed their entire system to be as destructive as imaginable and as greedy as imaginable more than any other company ever in gaming i can't even like you guys think battlefront 2 is bad like, mm. no. Play yeah. Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Read the articles. Look at the system. They sell pay-to-win shit mm. behind loot boxes that you have to spend $10 just to even get, like, one non-duplicate box. Like, it's insane. Okay. It's insane. I will say that the there's, a, I guess, a slightly bright side to this is that... um. There's been enough outrage, and like gamers are loud when something's not good, and the internet is loud when they're getting shafted, uh, especially back even with like Battlefront, and then now with this, like it's just so bad that like I wouldn't say like there's boycotts, but it's just like like there's backlash, and mm-hmm. definitely it kind of, in my opinion, this happens because uh, like I've mentioned this on a previous episode that we've come to a point where the $60 game meets the games as a service where we're in a sort of transition and, and the big dogs want to like use that same format 
but they didn't know how to do it necessarily. They were used to the old way, but they knew they yeah, could they make money. Yeah, the, they wanted the safety because it's yeah, safety. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, oh, I get – beforehand, when you sold a game, you got all of the money of a game within the first like three months yeah. of it coming out. But nowadays with the games as a service, you're not supposed to get all the money in those first three months. You're supposed to get the money constantly based off of concurrent players. Right. So before it was total sales determined how well a game did. Right. But nowadays it's concurrent players right. that determines. So so they were trying to do that – hold on to that while latch on to like the games as a service mm -hmm. money-making business. And in addition to that, we have Twitch – like not just switch like streaming games where people will know on day one if they should buy that game it's not like oh we're pre-ordering it and we're just guessing right we have faith in these developers now we can actually watch it so these like day one sales that were gonna happen we will know we can just watch our favorite streamer play it and be like nah this is not like what i want to and then mm -hmm. the sales will just drop off because the game's actually not good so the one thing and, and this is why Call of Duty Black Ops once again takes the takes the crown as the most disgusting, most putrid, horrible monetization and most manipulative and 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 uh, uh, just terrible um, monetization system of any game of all time. Um, is that when it came out? Guess what? It didn't have what loot boxes. No. Didn't have anything. Yeah. At all in it. It had nothing. I think I remember that. And. Yeah. Inch by They're inch, proud of it too. inch by inch, they added one thing at a time. First, oh, well, as you play, you'll tier, you'll go up in tiers, and you'll get stuff as you go up. Oh, oh, oh you can spend money to go up quicker if you, if you're, yeah, you know, if you're, you don't want to do it. Oh, now we're adding loot boxes. Oh, now we're adding, you know, um, special items in those boxes, like new guns that you can't get anywhere else, and a hammer that has shotgun shells in it. Um, and, and they continue to add and add and add and bolster it. And the thing is, is that people stop making it into big news. It's no longer mm. big news when the game's been out for six months to a year. Right. And it's just like, oh, you know, like, oh, they're added as an update. And it's like, some people talk mm. about it and, you know, you, you, yeah, we mm. both watch, right. um, people on YouTube talk about this stuff, or at yeah. least I do. Um, and they bitch and moan about it, but they only got like a hundred thousand views per video. Yeah. And it's just like these games and, and also too the people who play it, you know, when you, when you inch by inch, give something more and you bolster system more and you, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, when you take somebody's like desk and you move it in <laughs> every time they go to the bathroom, you move it like half an inch yeah. or an inch. And it's like, by the end of the day. You know, it's like halfway in, into the hall, into the the walkway, and you're yeah. like, "What? When did my desk move?" Mm. You don't even notice it's happening, and and they played it really smart yeah. in terms of like making as much money as they could, Activision. Uh, but they're actually disgusting. And it's still like now that's like the current status is all this. Oh yeah, it's not stuff. getting any better. It's getting worse. I think wow. that. Um, that there's even like some more major news like right now. There was the, re the recent news about those, the guns being behind pay to win. Yeah. Um, but I think there was even more news around Activision. Um, and then like also all the hearings going on and all these com like um, yeah, all these uh, countries starting to ban it. And I think part of it too is that they realize it's the end. Yeah. Of loot boxes, and they're just like, well, let's milk this thing as hard as we possibly can on the last game of the okay. loot box generation of yeah. loot box era. Yeah. So maybe that's why they're going maybe. so hard. Maybe. Because it's just it's insane. not going to happen again. They're really I mean they're they're like a lot of it's stress testing. You know, when you you hear these companies and they're going to release some some skin for $20, $25, $30, they're trying to see what people are willing to spend. Yeah. Yeah. And if they find that we're willing to spend a ton on trash, they're gonna up their prices. They're gonna try or, to get as much mm, as they can. Or yeah, or at a minimum, keep it in the like exorbitant prices. Yeah, I mean like a skin should not be twenty dollars in a game. Like an entire uh, uh, an entire expansion of WoW that could give you. 
over a hundred hours of gameplay if you're a WoW player is forty dollars. Forty dollars. It's it. And if I play, and aren't I, DLCs even, like twenty dollars? Yeah, DLCs are. Well, it depends. The, uh, Skyrim's DLCs usually were like forty dollars each because they were like very big and they added over a hundred hours. Yeah, of I'm gameplay. just thinking like Call of Duty map packs. And yeah, map like packs that. were fucking garbage too, though. And they split the player base because anybody yeah. who didn't buy maps can't play them. Well, that's why this new Call of Duty. I can have oh, that, but... oh, that's the other thing about this most recent Call of Duty. They had a season pass before the game came out. And the way that their season pass worked was that if you either had to buy it and get all of the map packs or you had to not buy it and get none of them. You couldn't buy the individual map packs. So it was a buy all of them or buy none of them. And they gambled on it and they said we may lose the casual audience who will not buy map individual map packs. But the people who know that they're going to be playing it for the next year, who always play Call of Duties for the next year, will still buy it and will make more money. Because now we're getting them to buy all of them mm-hmm. instead of just a cu- the first couple. Yeah, I can only sort of defend that in the sense that like, if I had bought like the packs, like if I bought like a season pass and then like mm-hmm. you bought like one or two maps, then it's like splitting the base. So it's like buy the whole pack anyway. So if I'm buying any of them, well, it could have been, you know, maybe yeah. you're right because in Call of Duty, um, World at War, uh, I'm sorry, I always say World at War, War. Call of Duty World War Two, yeah, the more recent one. Mm-hmm. Um, in that game, um, there the the map packs were actually notorious for having nobody playing on them. And I remember there was even a Reddit post where somebody um, on the Call of Duty Reddit, uh, I guess, page um, or subreddit um, basically said that they were unable to find games on a specific map in Call of Duty when they were <laughs> queuing for that specific map pack map. Wow. And somebody on the development team or in, in mm. Activision responded saying that essentially that there was not enough players playing on that map for them to to for the matchmaking to find a game quickly. That's insane. So they may have been like, okay, well this a la carte system isn't working. Yeah. So if we get like, you know, maybe if we lose uh fifty percent of the people who would have bought map packs individually mm-hmm. will get more money mm-hmm. from the other percentage that still buys them and yeah. all of those people will play all of the maps and yeah. be able to be matchmaked into them. But it's the, it's the dumbest thing in the world. You should just make all the maps free because you wouldn't Agreed. be splitting the player base at all. Yeah. And just because my friend who plays more than me buys a map pack and I don't doesn't mean that we can just no longer play together ever again. That's the dumbest thing in the world. And that's what happened even in the old ones. I mean, we're like World War – I mean, um, gosh, Modern Warfare 2. Like if you had the packs, you just couldn't select a certain mode, I think. Or like you just wouldn't load. Yeah, it would just tell you that somebody in the in the in the in the party didn't have the map, and they and just wouldn't play. Couldn't it. search. Yeah, well, it depends but, on what you. Yeah, if you search, because you went by like package, <laughs> basically. I mean, there's even like just to show the exact opposite of this. That's just way cooler. Um, there's another system that you could do, which is like the way that one of the this. It's not really an indie game, but it's a smaller game. It's a real time strategy. It's called Stellaris. Mm-hmm. Um, in their game, if you buy an expansion. Then if you start and host the game, everybody else in the game gets that expansion, even if they didn't buy it. That's what Borderlands needs to do. Because it's just, it's like you, you, you're making money already, guys. You can sacrifice a small percentage of the amount of money that you're making for your consumer's mm-hmm. happiness and enjoyment playing the game. Yeah. Like, why does mm-hmm. the enjoyment of the game so much less valued than the amount of money you're making because eventually you're going to crumble and activision feels like it's crumbling right now blizzard has no good games anymore they're all kind of these like coming out with overwatch 2 for some reason yeah i don't understand that diablo 3 failed overwatch did well and then like didn't update itself at all really and just added maps and characters and that's it they had like a, a couple new game modes but um i mean hearthstone is dead uh and 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 none of their games are, are being supported anymore um the only thing is like wow because 
I don't know. I guess WoW pro- proven itself that it, it can't be replaced. I mean, so I know well recent, updating it. their recent expansion was kind of disappointing as far as other, as their standards go. That's what I've heard. I haven't played it. And then they're coming out with like mobile versions of Diablo 3, the game that already failed. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, these games didn't fail, though, because you can't say that they failed when, when Diablo 3 is like one of the top 10 or top 25 yeah, and then, like, highest they, sold games of all time. They bring it to Switch, and then everybody's like, oh, I'm just going to get Switch for this shit. And, and it was a good game at the end, but they, they definitely they're, they don't support their games like they used to. And they don't have any major games coming out, and uh, the, at least this year. Um, I don't know what they have slated for the next couple of years, but it seems like they're drying up. And the, the, the acquisition of Blizzard by Activision, you can tell that their games are more about making money than moving on than beforehand, where they would support like StarCraft 1 for like 10 years. Isn't Destiny 2 under there? Or no, that's... No. Okay. They, no they, they, were on the launch. they separated, actually, I think. They're okay. going free-to-play. Yeah, I know. And I think that's because Bungie is not being um, told uh, what to do by Activision anymore. Right, right. So they're like, we had a way different idea Approach, yeah. of what we wanted to do with this. Because I think developers, I mean, I think when you make something, right? If you're an artist and you make something, you have to like the thing you made. Like the whole purpose mm-hmm. of making it and having pride in making it is you have to like it. Right, and there's also like a vision that you have that um, is not like fully realized when somebody else changes anything. Right. And I think that it, it would just make it, could make it like so much worse even if the tiniest thing has changed. Because it, like you didn't design it with those things in mind, and then somebody comes in, you know, eighty percent of the way in, and goes, "Okay, this is what we want for your monetary systems." And then you know the people behind Battlefront Two, the Dice, they're like, "That's what you guys want us to do?" Yeah. Like we didn't design anything we've made up to this point around the fact that we are going to be basing the entire economy of the game around and or sorry, and progression of the game around boxes. Yeah. Like that does not sound like it's going to work. And then they go. Well, it's going to make us more money, so do it. And we are also the ones who pay you your paycheck, so do it. Um, and and I'm not saying that developers aren't at fault to some extent because you can look at like BioWare and mm. Anthem, and that was very much a developer problem. Mm. Um, but I think that developers they want to love their own games, whereas publishers are like, we don't care if the game sucks or is great. We just care if it makes money. Yeah. So if we can make it so that the, the the players like it just enough to not quit it, but also just enough to spend money on it, that's where we want. We want a sweet spot where you don't like the game, but you're still playing it and spending money on it. Mm. You know, like that's it. Like we we're we're, we're pushing pushing you as far as we can with the monetization systems we're going to use, just to see what percentage of you guys are willing to tolerate. I mean, that happened. Yeah, I just think that's. I think that's ha- also the the new um like state of gaming where like the game's not fully done and we're starting to play and then later we're gonna get yeah. updates. That's what they're trying. They're trying to see what little amount of game they're gonna make to mm-hmm. let people buy it or be in beta or you know buy the beta version. How, what little of a game can we sell to you? They're trying that too. And the only reason why that even exists is because of fucking early access games doing so well. And the thing is, is that everybody's been burned by early access games and yet we still go and buy them. And I've gotten to the point myself personally, where if I see it's early access, I will immediately be significantly less likely to buy the game. I'm, I'm going to be very picky about my early access games. Like I am very yeah. picky at this point. I've spent too much money on early access games that have gone essentially nowhere. Um, the only one I, I remember recently buying is like risk of rain two, but that's also, I, I've already gotten like, uh, I don't know, like 60, 70, 80 hours out of that game. And yeah. I, like, I don't care at this point. Like I've already gotten my, my full enjoyment out of the game. It could, they could literally never update it again. And I wouldn't be upset because yeah, I got that much game time out of it. Yeah, I definitely noticed in like the recent years of, of an increase in like early access or beta or on Steam. Whenever you're on Steam, you just see it everywhere now. I'm like, I'm paying for this. I I remember like when it would be free because they want you to actually see if this is good or not. But now it's just like you know, here you go, like buy this game so that we can have money. That it, it's sort of like the safety net thing where like they want it to be in early access, guarantee the money in right now. 
so that they can finish the game like comfortably. But that's how you end up with like PUBG and H1Z1. Yeah. Where it just doesn't get finished. Basically. Yeah. I mean, like if you look at PUBG, you can tell they're playing the minimum um, investment game, mm. where they're like, "What is the minimum we can spend updating this game and adding content to it without losing players?" And they exploded so hard on mobile that they didn't even care that Fortnite shit all over them on PC. Yeah. They were just like, okay, well, whatever. We still have 400 million users playing in China right now. Mm. So have fun, guys. Play whatever games you want. We're going to go make our bank over there. Um, and it's like, it's like as long as these companies make money off this, these games, they don't really – they almost want to keep it like at mm. that lowest. It, it's almost like uh, Minecraft. Since Minecraft got purchased by by uh, Microsoft, you can tell they're still only doing like one update every six months, yeah. and it's not going to be a comprehensive or big or changing update. And they're they're they probably have a a roadmap that probably goes ten years, twenty years, and they're like, what is the slowest we can just update this thing and add as little content so that our that our investment is as the smallest it can be with our income and our profit being the highest it can be. Yeah. It's like that works for making money, but it doesn't work for, you know, making your player base happy and, and growing it. Minecraft works cause it's so niche, I think. And it is so mm. fun actually to, to be, cause it's so creative and sandbox and it's kind of like a make your own fun kind of game, yeah. which is why, um, sea of thieves is still yeah. very successful, um, within its niche community. um, but it's it's a terrible practice in my opinion because it just leads to a bunch of shitty games. Um. Well, I think like you said, like if gamers are like just happy enough, and like some people can point it out, but if everybody's like, "Oh, this is good," then nobody really cares. Like, sure, there can be more potential, but like most games could be better. No, like perfect game. So like you can, I in a sense accuse a bunch of developers or publishers from like either stopping progress or slowing it just because it like in your opinion it's not as finished but um i think if they do have a roadmap and 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 it's that's kind of like a safety net too where if like the fan base or whatever gets so mad that you're not updating enough <laughs> if they really are stretching it out that means they'll be able to pull in those updates earlier yeah which it doesn't like happen actually that much. I also think a lot of it's a status quo, right? So I think Minecraft is a, a bad example of a player base being upset about the slow updating. Mm. And the reason isn't because they don't like the fact that it's updating slowly, but it's more that um, the game was originally developed by one guy. And then as the team expanded, it only went to like a couple guys. And then it, even when it was like sold to to Minecraft or sorry to Microsoft, it was like only still fifteen, twenty people. And then when Microsoft owns it, they maybe added some marketing people. They probably added some like of the non development team and maybe a few people on the development team, but they're keeping it small. Yeah. And so updates come out about as fast as they've ever come out. But yeah. you'd think that, you know, when the game starts making um a hundred, a thousand times as much as it was before and there's now um, over uh, like thousands of different physical um, memorabilia and collectors' items and stuff that they're selling, whether mm. it be shirts or figures or, or foam, foam swords, swords yeah. and and they're also um, now like the number one selling game like of all time or something like maybe just behind Tetris or they might have I think they might have overpassed Tetris I recently. Think they did, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they they are now owned by a company that's making billions and billions and billions of dollars instead of it just being a small independent developer. Like the whole point of all of those things is that some of all of that extra money that they're earning should be passed on to the consumer. Hmm. Just because you're making more money doesn't mean that you can just con – I feel like there's an obligation that companies should have to improve a service – if the service starts making them a ton of money or if the game starts making them a ton of money. Well, they would if they really, like, it. they would if, I think, it 
either brings more people in or keeps them happier or if they keep it the same and ha- people are happy enough because the, but they also put that money into other places where they, we can get a new Xbox that's like 10 times as good or other sh- other places where we're going to get like some crazy augmented reality that Microsoft's coming out with like putting it into this game that made the most all this money but you know people are used to this being like this and not updating that much so what? It's not going to lose them all that money. They're going to mm-hmm. put it into all these other ventures that they're going into. I'm just saying, like, if a community of people, of gamers, support you as a company and play your game and buy things and support it because they love it, like, I think that you should improve mm-hmm. the updating of a game. And, right. You know, like, you, you should be like, oh, hey – you know, we we initially only had a plan, assuming that we only made like ten thousand dollars a month. You know, let's say it's like an indie game, and it's yeah. like a a Cuphead, right? Yeah. You know, Cuphead only expected to make a million dollars, but then when it came out, it made twenty million dollars. Does that mean that all nineteen extra million dollars just go into the business end and go into the pockets of executives and they get these big ass bonuses that year. So these few people that have nothing to do with making a game get all the extra money that was made off of a game doing way better than they expected. No, it should be being put part mm-hmm. of I mean like sure maybe they get a little bit extra bonus. Mm-hmm. But a portion of it should be put mm-hmm. back into the development of the game that made nineteen times to- or twenty times as much as they expected yeah. it to. Yeah, I don't but it's disagree. Not. I don't disagree. And it's, I, they would it's so it, annoying. They would do it if, obviously, if it's in their best interest, how it is. I think it's becoming more and more and more in the best interest of companies to put their consumers at the uh, forefront oh, of yeah. their decisions. Yeah. Um, before it was all money because it's like it didn't really matter as much. Yeah. And I think now, like, how much we love a company on an emotional level is very dependent on what we spend. And how consumer friendly they are. Yeah, and I think that's like a huge uh, bonus right now in this market, but it's not big enough yet. And I think there's still enough games shitting all over their player bases, um, and people aren't reacting harshly enough. I think it's the big ones are shitting. Yeah, it's the ones that can just barely get away with it. They're scared too. That's why, because they're like they feel threatened basically by Mm -hmm. like when like by Fortnite. and buy Apex and all this stuff. Like, and also, like, indie games are making more money than ever. And I think yeah. that we're going to see AAA, like, crumble and crumble yes. and crumble. That's why I'm saying they're threatened. They, mm-hmm. they think, you know, they know what's going to happen. It's like very few of them can stay alive. Like, I, mean, I would say, like, Rockstar or something like that. But, like, look at Ubisoft. Ubisoft has been so chill. They were like, like a time where they weren't. Yeah. But, I mean,. Siege, they a lot of people had problems with Siege when it came out. They felt like it was devoid of content. And they kept at that game. And they kept updating it. They kept improving it. And I guess you could go back to the argument of like, is it a games as a service kind of situation then? Where it's like they they are coming out with this early access version of a game and then improving it. Kinda. Um but like they're still going at it. They're still supporting For Honor. They're still supporting all these other games. There's no loot boxes in any of them. They're Siege, like right out the bat, like had a pretty good system where you could just play the game and earn stuff. Yeah. Right off the bat. They never once even tried to push the limits. They were like, hey, let's be cool about this. And they probably made, I mean, Fortnite. Fortnite did not have loot boxes. Fortnite didn't have anything manipulative at all in it. It's just like, I mean, play our game, earn money, and you can get stuff. And if you spend real money, you can also get stuff. I guess it wasn't as much of an earning. I think there's like a cap on it. Like you can unlock certain things. You had to play like a ton. Uh-huh. Then they came with the battle pass, and there's like the free battle pass, and then the non-free yeah. battle pass, and whatever. But it, I think that we're going to see it improve. It's just it's always been a very big frustration of mine that that there's no passion sometimes behind certain games and like you earn all this money off of a game. None of it goes back into development. And you just know that greedy people who don't give the shittiest little bit about their game or their player base. That's where all the money is going because if it was going anywhere else to anyone else, they would be putting, putting it back into somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's also because of, of, of publicly traded companies too. 
publicly traded companies are specifically incentivized to maximize profits because it makes them look really good to investors, shareholders. stockholders. Yeah. Um, and it's actually legally – you are legally obligated as a business, a publicly owned business, to do everything within your power to make the company as much money as possible. Because if you insane. don't, then it's technically um, – I guess you're like making it so that stockholders – I guess it's the idea is like you can't purposely bomb a company because you want to like control the markets or manipulate the markets, which makes, makes sense. sense. But like, look what it does. Right. So, so I, I think, I don't think video game, I think a video game company that becomes publicly traded is a video game company that's already sold its soul to yeah. money. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we should definitely wrap it up. It sounds like a good time. Yeah. Um, you know, let us know what you guys think. I think we, we both almost defended and went against loot boxes in different forms. It's more like what it was done well and what's not done well. And, yeah. you know, what we're going to see possibly in the future. Or, yeah. like, why you should really focus on what games that you're, like, going to be buying and, like, who to support. Yeah, we should definitely be more picky. Mm. And also, like, where is your line, too? Like, where everyone has a different line, I think, of acceptability of a system, of a monetization system, and, like, what version of a loot box is acceptable and what's not. And, yeah. you know, like, should we integrate physical stuff into our digital purchases? I think we should, because I hate the idea of never getting anything I buy ever again because everything's digital. Yeah. Like, that sucks. I think it would also make them more money. It would get more people to buy more things, I think. Um, apparently, a uh, little, quick, little quick fun fact before we close out the uh, the podcast. Yeah. Um, there's still a significantly higher chance that you'll purchase something if you can physically interact with it yeah. versus purchasing it online. Yeah. And there's actual studies that have, have said, like, there's, like, over a 50% higher chance or something that somebody will purchase something if it, they can physically interact with it. So stores will not die. Amazon will not kill the the brick and mortar ever. Yeah, but like Amazon, you're still buying a physical thing. Well, yeah, but I'm, I, I get what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying like no matter what it is, if you can physically interact with it, you will want to buy it more. Okay. And okay. I'm saying like an, almost an example of this is the idea of like if you're in a purchasing situation where you're like, should I buy this? Should I not? Having it physically mm. in front of you will improve that chance. Yeah. And I'm saying I think the same principles behind that would be applied okay. towards purchasing a digital object versus a physical object. Yes. I agree. Um, but yeah, that about wraps it up. As always, thank you for listening and following. Check us out every Thursday on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are available. You can find us on Instagram at Unstoppable Force Podcast and Twitter at UforcePod for news and updates. We'll see you guys next week. And, and until, until then, then, stay unstoppable. unstoppable.